You're listening to Off the Clock Sports. Off the Clock Sports. The weekly show where you'll hear the best insights on all the latest in sports. Here's your host, Brandon Cook. Brandon Cook. All right, welcome into the latest edition of Off the Clock. As mentioned on the intro, I am your host, Brandon Cook, and Braden is back with us today. Buddy, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to be here. I'm ready to talk a little uh, little different topic today um, than we're used to talking, and also looking forward to talking a little bit about basketball. Yeah, so the NBA has announced uh, a plan to return, and it sounds like it's going to be later this summer, and we are obviously excited for that, and we're going to talk about that here shortly but uh, a little bit of, like you said, a different kind of topic. I remember I had Troy on the other day, and I said we are a sports podcast, but obviously there are bigger issues going on in the world right now and things that um, I want to say need awareness and need our support, uh, especially me as a white person. But I, you know, it's, it's quite a world we live in right now. Obviously, we got the COVID-19 pandemic going on, and that's been something that has been life altering for a lot of people and kind of something that we're not familiar with and something we're still trying to educate ourselves on and something Mm -hmm. that everyone's uneducated on. And apparently, you know, when it comes to the situation that is going on, you know, really poorly right now in the States, you know, with the, um, the racism and, you know, the people protesting right now for racial justice and everything going on right now in the States, um, is also something that really needs our awareness and also something that I think a lot of people are very uneducated on. Um, I have no problem saying this right now because, um, you know, I think it's something that should be said and something that, you know, I should be able to defend myself on when Colin Kaepernick was kneeling in 2016, uh, when he was still uh, a member of the San Francisco 49ers, I was very uneducated on what he was kneeling for. And I was somebody who took it the wrong way. And I took it as disrespectful to the United States flag. Um, I took it as disrespectful to the military to take a knee or to sit for the national anthem. I was one of those people. But as, as I started to educate myself, I believe I reserved the right to change my opinion, to educate myself and gain more knowledge on the situation. And I quickly changed my mind on that. And I quickly said, no, what he's doing is not disrespectful to the United States military. It's not disrespectful to the flag. And that, that is not his intention. What he is protesting is police brutality and racial injustice. And there's bigger issues in this world that Colin Kaepernick was trying to raise awareness for. And I say that, I tell people that, whoever's listening to this podcast, because I believe there are still people in this world that are thinking the way that I used to. And I think that's wrong. You know what? You're entitled to your opinion. You are entitled to think what you want to think and you're entitled to your beliefs and what you want to believe. But I believe personally that that is the wrong attitude to have. And I think like me, people who believe that should quickly change their minds and seeing what has happened to a guy like George Floyd in Minnesota and what has happened to black people for, I mean, since the sun came up for the first time, there's big issues in this world and Colin Kaepernick was protesting for the right reasons. And I was one four years ago when he was doing that, who was uneducated on the situation and jumped to a very disrespectful opinion on Colin Kaepernick and what he was trying to do. And I sincerely apologize for that because it was wrong of me. And once I educated myself, 
I quickly changed my mind and I am in full support of somebody who wants to protest peacefully and raise awareness. I still don't like seeing protests that are not peaceful because I think it's, you know, at times it can be hurtful to people who maybe don't deserve it, but I am all for protesting peacefully. And that's what Colin Kaepernick and a lot of people in the United States are doing right now. And to see what Drew Brees had to say yesterday, Drew Brees is clearly one of those people who are still very uneducated what is going on in this world right now. And for him to come out and say what he said yesterday, and I'll let you touch on Drew Brees here uh, in a second, but it clearly shows to me that he is uneducated. And his apology yesterday, I thought was just, it kind of came, even though it was a day later, it kind of came too late. It seemed a little insincere to me. It seemed that he saw the backlash that was coming his way. And he just kind of was like, oh shit, like I'm getting reamed for this. I'm getting reamed by my own teammates. I'm getting reamed by the, my teammates that I'm supposed to play football with in September. And I think it was just kind of, you know, an apology that he was just kind of trying to clear his name from something. But I still think what he said represents what he believes. And I think for a public figure like Drew Brees, who a lot of kids idolize and a lot of people have respect for, and a good man, I think, because Drew Brees has done a lot for the city of New Orleans post-Hurricane Katrina. He has done a lot of things for, uh, uh, you know, people in need. So I think his heart is in the right place. But what he said two days ago, and I will let you touch on it, I think represents his beliefs, and I think he showed his true colors. And for somebody like Drew Brees, it was very disappointing to see. And like I said, I think he is still somebody that represents what's wrong with this world and what's wrong with society today. And I just personally believe it was very disappointing to see hear his opinions and to see the president of the United States come to his defense today. And like I said, just a very disappointing comment from Drew Brees, a guy who I respect, a guy who is one of the all-time great football players in the NFL, a guy a lot of people look up to. But it's an opinion that represents what's wrong with the world today and a very disappointing one at that. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more with what you just said. Um for for people who don't know, Drew Brees, um, I'm gonna preface this by saying was was my favorite player in the NFL. I'm a diehard Eagles fan, but my favorite player in the NFL is Drew Brees because I just loved his small like uh underdog uh, mentality and his underdog story. He was in San Diego, got replaced by Phillip Rivers, and then went to New Orleans and won a Super Bowl became one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. And I absolutely loved that so much. So much so that when I was 15 years old, I asked my mom to buy me his autobiography. I have Drew Brees' autobiography. I, I, I read the thing. You know, it's not too, anything too crazy, um, obviously. You know, it's not like he lived a very hard life. But I loved him so much that I got his autobiography. After I saw those comments that he made um, regarding kneeling, uh, my initial reaction was I was extremely upset and I like wanted to burn his autobiography. I, at this point, I might, I don't know, um, if I still will, um, you know, I've had an extra day to think about it. Um, you know, but I probably will. Honestly, I was extremely disappointed. Um, if some of you don't know, I am half black myself. I've experienced racist slurs thrown my way. I've experienced prejudice. I've experienced these things, nothing to the extent of George Floyd, obviously, or 
any like um, physical like assault or anything like that. No police brutality I've experienced, but I have definitely experienced people throwing racial slurs my way or making racist jokes uh, at my expense. Um, and for his first response to be something that um, has nothing to do with this movement and bring it about the flag and the troops um, was just absolutely um, disheartening for me to hear him say. Uh, as uh, many other sports figures, uh, journalists, um, other personalities, uh, people have said before, black, black Americans went to World War I, World War II, and Vietnam, and all the world wars that, the, and all the wars the United States have been a part of. And when they got back, they didn't get treated with the same welcome that the white, uh, white troops did. And for him to sit there and, and say that, you know, it makes him think of pride and just not understand the fact that black, black people have been dealing with just the fear of the fear of not being able to go home at night, the fear of, you know, I'm driving my car. I might get pulled over by a cop. I might die. The fear that they walk down the wrong neighborhood, they're going to get shot because some, somebody thinks they're a trespasser or someone thinks they're a burglar just because they're this, they're the color of their skin. Um, to, for him to just not comprehend what is going on right now in the world. And to say that, like you said, just shows exactly who it, who he is. I know he's issued a, he first issued a statement, uh, which is, was clearly from his PR team. They issued that statement. And then he came out with his video where he sounded completely robotic and I get it. He issued a, uh, an apology. And the whole point of all this going on is that people can educate themselves, learn and um, try and be better. And I understand that he has said he's talked to his teammates and he says he is, a, is sorry for what he said and he educated himself. But at the end of the day, you saw who Drew Brees was. Instead of trying to understand where the black community is coming from, he made it about the flag, which it has never been about. He's never been about the troops. It's never been about the flag. It's been about equality and or, or inequality towards uh, people of color in the United States. And for some reason he just couldn't comprehend that and he he came out with such um such like vig like he was just so angry when he said it too because he was like i will never accept people kneeling but drew weren't you the one kneeling back when this whole movement was happening with your team you there's there's pictures on the internet you're Multiple kneeling pictures. with your teammates there's mm -hmm. so what what's changed now so were you lying then or are you lying now which is it so on top of that, you just see how fake he is. He's just not a, he's not, I'm not saying Drew Brees is an evil, awful person. He is just not someone who cares to understand. And he's someone who is, he's the kind of person that I, that I really dislike that you see on social media, that you see on Instagram, Twitter, all these places where they'll post the hashtag, they'll do the blackout photo, but they're just doing it because that's the trend right now, or that's the thing that's going on right now. And they don't want to seem like they're racist or they don't want to seem like they're out of the loop or whatever. So he's just going to say the right things and do the right things at the right time, just to come off as someone as a good, as a good guy. When real, when in reality, he doesn't care. I'm not saying he's a bad guy at the end of the day, he just doesn't care. And no, he might be able, he might be able to try and go on and, you know, donate more money to charities that affect the black community. But, at the end of the day, to me, Drew Brees, you, you've been tainted. I, I can't I can't look at you the same way. When it comes to football, obviously you're one of the best quarterbacks of all time, but you you lost a fan in me. Um, I I can't I can't stand for I can't stand for someone who has such has done such for so much for a community 
uh, that was hit by uh, Hurricane Katrina. And he just, he gave so much to that community. And then just to be like, you know, and I was, it just comes off as like, I was just doing that to look good. And it's, it's just so disheartening to, this, to hear him say those kinds, to say that, like just to hear him say that, it just, it really, it really, um, it really bothered me a lot, uh, a lot. And his teammates that, you know, at first they're like, why, like, you don't know what you're talking about. And like Michael Thomas was like, um, he doesn't know enough to know. Um, and then today they're too eating out that, you know, we've talked to Drew and everything's all good and stuff like that. And, you know, kudos to them. They're in the locker room with them. They know him better than obviously than I do and they can forgive. But to me, it's just, I can't, I, I couldn't, I would just be like, you do your job. I'll do my job. But that's the extent of it. We're, we're not going to go hang out. We're not going to talk. Um, we're like, yeah, I just can't, I can't, I can't get behind. I can't get behind your reason anymore. I just can't. He's, he's just another NFL player to me. And, and that's really sad because like we said, uh, we don't think Drew Brees is a bad person. We don't think that, no. you know, he's an evil guy. He obviously, like we've said, he's done so much good for the city of New Orleans. He does so much for people in need. Um, this was just an unfortunate um, view that he has that really, I mean, my dad went as far to even say like he thinks he tainted his own legacy by these comments yeah. the other day. And I mean, as great of a quarterback as he is, and you can't take the on-field accomplishments away from Drew Brees, just mm-hmm. off the field, just really, you know, gave me a really sour taste. And I'm, and as you were saying there, I'm really sorry to hear that you uh, have experienced racial um, experiences. And that's very sad, you know, to call you one of my best friends, Braden, and to have you, you know, when I get married, stand up there with me along with Troy, you know, that breaks my heart to hear that you went through something like that. And it just breaks my heart that there are still shitty people in this world that do that and treat people that way because it shouldn't be about the color of your skin or the country that you moved here from or where you, you know, your nationality or whatnot. It should be about the individual. And are they a good person? Are they qualified for a job? And Vic Fangio is part of the problem as well, the head coach of the Denver Broncos, to say that there's no racism in the NFL. Really? There's no racism in the NFL. Then why did Eric Biniemi, the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, not get one of the eight openings this offseason for head coaches? That was alarming to me. And Joe Judge, who, no disrespect to Joe Judge, he's worked for Bill Belichick, he's worked for Nick Saban, but what made him qualified to be the head coach of the New York football Giants over like an Eric Biniemi, who was the offensive coordinator for the Super Bowl uh, champion Kansas City Chiefs, who has played a big role in the development of Patrick Mahomes. How does that guy not get a head coaching position this offseason? You're telling me that I'm not saying that it's a racism issue. It might not be. It might just be that he interviewed and people, but it's alarming to me. It's alarming yeah. that a guy like that does not get a job, but Joe Judge gets a job. Even Vic Fangio last offseason gets a job. What did Vic Fangio do other than the Chicago Bears had a pretty solid defense? I mean, thanks to the acquisition of Khalil Mack. What yeah. did Vic Fangio really do over an Eric Biniemi? to get that job. There are three African-American NFL head coaches. There's one, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, GM that is African-American descent. Two in the NFL. Yeah. I know one's in Miami. Yeah, um, the, I, th- I believe the other one is um, in Cleveland. Yeah, it is. Yes, you're right. Sorry, yes. Andrew Barry. I can't. Is yes, now the Andrew Barry, that's his name. And yes. yeah. it's just really alarming to me that, you know, people would have those views and say that. And now they've later issued apologies, but I feel like that was because of the backlash. And let's go back to Colin Kaepernick here for a minute because um, Colin Kaepernick has obviously been blackballed by the owners. It's obvious that he has mm-hmm. been. It's because, I mean, you're telling me he doesn't qualify for one of 64 to 96 jobs in the NFL with teams that carry two to three quarterbacks on their roster every year. 
32 mm. jobs and he can't have one of them. But to go back to like, you know, Drew Brees comments with the flag. I mean, Colin Kaepernick spoke. I don't remember if he spoke to someone in the Marine Corps or if it was just like a, a soldier who had fought overseas. I don't remember who he spoke to exactly. You might remember, but he was sitting for the national anthem. And then he spoke to somebody in the military who had served for the United States. And he said, you know what, Colin, we would really prefer if you took a knee, we would find that more respectful. And we would think that the message, what you're protesting would come across a lot more respectful. And Colin said, no problem. I will take a knee. It was never about the flag. It was never mm -hmm. about the military, disrespecting the military. It was always about police brutality and racial injustice in the United States and in the world. And that right there completely contradicts what Drew Brees was saying yesterday or the day before and what Vic Fangio's opinion is. And Colin Kaepernick is paying a price when really he was the one we should have been siding with all along. And it's really sad to see. And I'm starting to think right now, and you can touch on this if you want as well, Braden. I think the NFL should be calling Colin Kaepernick back right now. I think the owners should get together. And I think somebody needs to get this guy on a roster because I think it looks even worse now if they do not bring this guy back to play on an NFL roster and to be one of 64 to 96 quarterbacks in the NFL after what's going on in the States, seeing the way that the players are reacting, seeing the way the players are trying to raise awareness. And it was him that had the balls and the guts to start this protest and to start doing this in sports because no one else was doing this in sports. Everyone followed Colin Kaepernick's lead in 2016. And that's when it started becoming what it is today. I think they need to call this guy back. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's hard for me because it would the problem I see with it is just that it would seem as like a publicity stunt. Honestly, he hasn't played football in four years. Um, you know how beneficial would it be to have Colin Kaepernick on your team other than for the PR? Um, when a guy like Cam Newton is still out there, um, to me, it'd be more beneficial for a team to call a guy like Cam. Um, you know, a black quarterback who is who had an MVP season in 2015 um, and can clearly still be a starter in the NFL. I think that would be better. I understand what you're saying in that Colin Kaepernick, I, I think he should be in the league obviously, but you know, I just, at this point, I just don't think he would really be that much of an upgrade over any of the quarterbacks that you have right now in the league. Um, right. And especially it's just because he's been out of football for so long. Like, to me, it would just feel like a PR stunt. Um, if he does get a job, obviously, I would love that. But um, I just – I don't think the NFL owners or really Roger Goodell really cares, if I'm being honest. If you saw Roger Goodell's statement, it wasn't anything of subs. It was just – it just seemed like a copy and paste kind of blank statement, you know, Fangio. Um, I'd just like to ask Vic Fangio what he thinks about Richie Incognito, Jake Fromm, or Nick Bosa, um, just to name a few. Um if he doesn't think racism exists in the NFL, just those players, just three off the top of my head um, that have both have all had racist, um, racist things. Uh, they've all said racist things and they've all been um, or Josh Allen, even back in the day. Like, I mean, two guys that played for Buffalo, like, it's just like, if you don't think racism exists, I'm not saying Jake, Josh Allen is still racist. He has said racist things. So is Jake Fromm. So is Nick Bosa. And so is Richie Incognito. Um, 
But it's just like to, to say that racism doesn't exist in the NFL is just once again, it goes to prove the point that it's just people that are uneducated and ignorant and just choose not to, not to change and not to believe what is going on around them uh, because they are not in the position um, where they are the ones being harassed, the ones being, um, uh, the ones being denied opportunities, um, the ones being made to feel less than. Uh, and that, that's the kind of thing that you don't need in the NFL. And like you said, Vic Fangio, let's, like, let's be honest, Khalil Mack made that defense great. Khalil Mack was able to rush the passer, forcing passes out before they had to be, and their cornerbacks and safeties were able to, um, you know, make plays. Um, Danny Trevathan was a great linebacker for them as well. Um, but, you know, it's just like how, how he got a job and Eric Biennemi, um, you know, like you said, doesn't have a job, you know, is, is asinine, especially when Joe judge, like, don't even, like, I don't care if Joe judge played, uh, was a coach for Bill Belichick. The guy was a special teams coach. How the yeah. hell is that your first overall choice uh, when it comes to being a coach over Eric BN, BNME, who was a literally an offensive coordinator for the Super Bowl champs. Like, it just makes yeah. no sense. I don't care and, if it was Bill and Belichick. And is off the Andy Reid coaching tree. Yeah. It was having exactly. more success than the Bill Belichick coaching tree. I was going to say Doug Peterson, Andy Reid, Andy Reid coaching tree. Even if you look at the Bears uh, head coach, uh, I can't remember, Matt Nagy, um, you know, uh, Andy Reid coaching tree. Um, so it's, it. I don't know, it's just, it's a little bit, it's just, it's just asinine to me to think that someone could possibly think that way. Um, well, the knock on Eric Biniemi was that he doesn't call offensive plays, but nobody in an Andy Reid in an Andy Reid offense calls offensive plays. Andy Reid always does that. Like Doug Peterson yeah. didn't. Matt Nagy yeah. didn't. Like Doug Peterson yeah. just won a Super Bowl. And he never calls offensive plays. Why can't Eric Biniemi go somewhere, and make a quarterback better, and call his own offensive plays and have success and win a Super Bowl? Doug Peterson yeah, this, did it. Matt Nagy had success in Chicago for a year. Like it, it, it can happen. Like just because you don't call offensive plays, yeah. your offensive coordinator still runs the offense in practice. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, he's learning under Andy Reid, like you said, like, he's part of that tree, like he, he sees what Andy's doing every day, he can take that to a new team and try and implement his own little twist on Andy Reid's system, like Doug Peterson did, like Matt Nagy did, like Doug Peterson now is the one who calls the plays on offense in Philadelphia, there is no offensive coordinator in Philadelphia, like he is the offensive coordinator, like it's just like, it. It, it's just, it's just, it just goes to show you. It's just like, eh, you know, we have candidate A who's white, candidate B who's black. Let's go with candidate A. I like him better. It's just like, I have a hard, I have a hard time believing like that. That's Joe Judge was the very best coaching option um, when uh, it just yeah. seems like even if it wasn't, even if it wasn't Joe Judge, like or sorry, uh, like Joe Judge is the issue because he was a special teams coach for the New England Patriots. If it was a guy, let's say, um, uh, like uh, the San Francisco's, uh, San Francisco's uh, defensive coordinator there. I can't remember his name, um, but if he got the job in New York, I would have been fine with that. Um, or if like um, the offensive coordinator in Baltimore got the job, I would be fine with that. It's, it's just the fact that um, – it just, this went to a, this job went to a guy who it just like, I mean, congratulations. You taught your team how to catch punt returns and kickoffs really well. Like, yeah. No. And I, and I agree with you, man. Like I, I looked at that situation. Like I thought him the chief won the super bowl. Like last year I was kind of like when they lost the new England in the AFC title game, I had 
thought, I wonder if Eric Miami could get a head coaching job this offseason. When they won the Super Bowl this past year, I was like, this is his year. Like, he's done it now. He got to the AFC title game. He lost to the greatest coach and the greatest quarterback of all time. And then he returned the following season, and they got better and won the Super Bowl. I thought, this is his year. This He is this year's Doug Peterson. He is going to get that job. There are going to be people that question the move, and he is going to thrive in a new situation. I thought Mike Lombardi would come out and criticize the criticize the decision like he always does. But, uh, um, yeah. but I thought he was this year's guy. I thought he was this year's go get him at all costs. But instead eight coaching positions come and not one black coach was hired. And he was the top dog um, to, that I thought was going to get hired this off season. The top candidate that was going to land a head coaching job this off season. And he did not get one. And I thought mm-hmm. that was very alarming. And then to have Vic Fangio come out and say, that racism does not exist in the NFL. That is BS. It absolutely does because not only does it exist in the NFL, it exists in the NBA, it exists in the NHL, it exists in baseball, it exists at McDonald's, it exists at Walmart, in the real world, everywhere around us. And we need to do something to change that because it is unacceptable, it is sad, it is embarrassing, and it needs to end now. And we all got to do our part to end that. And unfortunately, yes, absolutely, it is a very uncomfortable conversation to have but it's one that we have to have because it is not getting any better and it still exists. And until it doesn't exist anymore, we have to continue having the conversation until it does not exist because it is unacceptable what the way that black people are being treated and to what have what George Floyd had to go through last week in Minneapolis cannot happen. We need to treat mm-hmm. people equally. People need to have equal job opportunity. People need to have uh, equal healthcare, equal everything. It can't be because you're white, black, or whatever your background is. Everyone has to be treated the same, and we need to get to that place in the world. And until we do, we're going to be having that uncomfortable conversation. Absolutely. So I appreciate um, I appreciate you coming on and talking about that. That's obviously, like I said, it's a conversation we need to keep having until it's squashed, until it's nipped in the butt. And it's an uncomfortable one, but we're going to continue to have it. And that'll do it for this episode of Off the Clock Sports. Be sure to subscribe to us on social media and most podcasting platforms. Our next episode will be this Sunday, June the 7th. Braden will join me again. We'll talk about the return of the NBA. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.